Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and babies, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black dude. This bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. July 1st, 2015. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cal Morris. Hey, man, uh, I tried to do a show last, uh, this past Thursday, on the way to the King of the Death match. Um, it didn't work out so well. For some reason, I looked at my phone after I did about 40 minutes, which I thought was pretty entertaining. Some of it was somewhat rambling and picking out things on the road, but I actually thought it it, it was pretty fun. 
Um, and turns out uh, it taped 20 minutes of it or so. I uh, looked at my phone when I was done, and it said call failed. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, fuck. At some point, the phone fucking hung up. I don't know exactly how that happened. Maybe, you know, lost signal or dropped the call or something because we were driving and, uh, you know, maybe it went into a bad zone and it, it dropped the call, but I didn't know, you know what I mean? So I just kept talking and, you know, so it is what it is. So um, this will be the first actual uh, full show, I guess, in uh, almost two weeks now. Um Obviously, a lot. That this was the longest road trip I've ever taken to a wrestling show. Uh, pretty much longest road trip that I've ever taken ever anywhere. I um, definitely never traveled that that far. I mean, I've been to Florida as a kid. Um, you know, we always flew. Um, so I mean that that's as far as I've ever gone. I don't know in comparison how far this that is, but um, that. This one right here, man, um, fucking 14 hours. That is a long motherfucking ride, <clears throat> to say the least. So anyway, uh, went down there uh, with my dude, Jeremy, and um, the legendary Whack Packer Hogan, and, uh, and AJ as well, <clears throat> who's, you know, a younger dude, and, uh, you know, he, he came along with us as well. Um Solid, solid crew. This was uh, pretty much the perfect crew. You know what I mean? Packer Hogan just continued to bring the humor along the way. And, uh, you know, there and back, that dude is just absolutely classic. You can't you can't write the shit that this dude comes up with. You know, he just, <laughs> he's just naturally fucking funny. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just a cohesive unit. You know what I mean? And uh so yeah, we we head out Thursday night. It was about twelve twelve, twelve thirty, something like that. We get there, it's like fucking three o'clock the next afternoon. Now, all the forecast leading up to this day was this motherfucker was going to be raining like a motherfucker. Thunder and lightning and all that shit. We got there, and it was exactly that. It was just fucking rain sweeping the parking lot. It was like power washing. We got into the hotel and just watching the shit out the window, and the rain is just power washing the fucking parking lot, and you could just see fucking lightning bolts hitting all over the place. Um, <clears throat> so crazy, crazy shit going in. Uh, let me backtrack a little bit. Um, on the way there, um, we had, a, you know, obviously a couple places to eat, a couple Starbucks, all that shit. Um, I am the, the fucking Starbucks fiend out of the group. My my shit is with the Starbucks is uh, I like their fucking uh, espresso shots and the coffee and shit. So I'm all about that. Like if you get it at fucking Dunkin' Donuts, doesn't have the same kick. So uh, I'm I'm all about that type of shit. A lot of you know, you just oh I'm all about the Starbucks. People start thinking you want some other shit, but nah, I ain't one of those latte dudes. But either way, um, gotta have the fucking Starbucks. So. Um, 
along the way, we hit a, a Bob Evans, which I've never been to a fucking Bob Evans before. Um, good joint, man. We were in and out of this bitch in like a half hour. <clears throat> These motherfuckers was the fastest motherfuckers I have ever encountered. We got seat. We walked in, got seated right away. Um, took our orders, drinks and food. Bam! They were like, "All right, you know, we're gonna just fucking put it all in." Bam! I mean, we got our food pretty much the same time we got our drinks, and like the same time that you would get drinks straight up. You know what I mean? So I had like strawberry crepes, fucking strawberry lemonade. Just went all strawberry on that shit. Um. And like I said, we were in and back in the fucking car and driving away in in like a half hour. Like, no exaggeration. Shit was fucking bananas. It was, I mean, fucking drive-thrus take longer than that half the time. Shit was great. Um, And the food was good. And, you know, just super fucking polite, too. Um, That one was in West Virginia. Goddamn West Virginia. Um... So that was the first thing. Um, I guess that was after we got through Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is one long motherfucker, man. That shit is long as shit. Uh, A lot of people had hyped that up as being so fucking long. So I was kind of prepared for that, you know, because you pretty much got to drive across the entire fucking state of Pennsylvania in order to get, you know, out there. Next move was fucking, okay, a little bit of West Virginia, and then fucking Ohio. Ohio is a long motherfucker, too. Ohio is a long, boring motherfucker, man. Um, Just, like, cornfield type shit. Just, like, fucking dead, man. Like, number one, now I understand why they were so motherfucking heated when LeBron left, because that was about all they fucking had. Um, when LeBron left, that that's why they were setting shit on fire, because they were like, we ain't got shit now. We got football teams that don't get shit done, and this was our one fucking hope. A motherfucker, so that's why they were so mad, and I understood after uh, we went through Ohio, because that motherfucker is boring. Um, fuck. Um, the once we got like to the city, you know, to Cincinnati, that shit was nice. You know, I thought the the thing was nice. I was glad I got to see, uh, you know, just on the ride through, didn't get to, you know, stop and see it or anything. But uh, Cincinnati Red Stadium, uh, followed by the Bengals Stadium, right over pretty much next door to each other. Um, you know, looked really nice from what I saw, and um. Yeah, that was cool. You know, I like to see stuff like that. So, um, you know, that was that part of the trip. Uh, we finally got almost there. We were probably about an hour and a half out and hit, like, dead fucking stop traffic. And this is when you get the Wagbacker Hogan in the back mumbling all sorts of shit about setting things on fire. And, um, you know, <laughs> the anger starts coming out of the, out of the Wagbacker. So, um, that you know, that's what we got. Um, there's also in Ohio, there are more fucking shredded tires on the side of the road than I think there are like good tires in in um like a like a used car lot. I don't 
I've never seen that amount of fucking burnt tires on the side of the fucking road, just like shreds of tires fucking everywhere. They might as well find a way to like repurpose some shits and like help like partially pave the roads. Although, you know, maybe if they miss the asphalt with the rubber and shit, it would work out. But um, I don't know. I don't know how that many fucking tires are breaking out there. I was just glad it wasn't our shit. So anyway, like I said, uh, we finally get there. And now, like I said, the fucking rain is just sweeping the fucking parking lot. Had to get some sleep because I caught maybe an hour in the car. And then uh, set the alarm so I had, like, enough time to get, I think, two to three hours. Something like that. But fucking lay down, bam, right out. Because, man, to be able to lay down was just fantastic after that. Because you got to remember, Thursday... I, I worked my normal eight-hour day and then um, came home, you know, did everything I was going to do, packed, all that stuff, didn't leave till like, 12.30, and then fucking 14 hours later, showed up over there. Just, like, an hour of uncomfortable sleep were, if that, because I really felt like we had, like, five hours left to go when I, when I think I passed out. And I think when I woke up, we still had, like, five hours to go. So shit might have been 35 seconds I was sleeping. I don't fucking know. But it damn sure wasn't any accumulated time that made me feel rested. So when we got there, I'm like, well, you know, I fucking raining like a motherfucker, but let me catch a couple hours so sleep and just see what goes on. Um, so I set my alarm on my phone, took, like, two, three hours of sleep, bam. And that was obviously in 24 hours, that was as much sleep as I got. So, again, shit is sweeping the fucking parking lot. Lightning bolts all over the place. We're like, what the fuck, man? Almost like like it was planned. The rain started slowing down. Fucking bell time was 7 or 7.30. Rain started slowing it down like quarter to 7. Getting a little bit sunny. I was like, oh, shit. Either way, we had to at least go by there and see what was going to be done because we're all the fucking way out there. Obviously, I'm trying to fucking see, you know, miss some shit that's going on. Um, weather is real, real uncertain. So we get out there, and, um, you know, it, it, like I said, it, it shit got a little bit fucking sunny. And... um let me see. I, uh, <laughs> um, hold on, I, I was just reading some funny shit. All right, so then what happened was, is we get there, just getting a little sunny. Now, to me, I'm like, you know, hey, man, count your motherfucking blessings. Let's get this shit rolling, and let's get right into this fucking action, right? Right into tournament action, right? Nope. First first match, fucking IWA Mid-South Heavyweight Championship, three-way dance, and uh, non-tournament, obviously. Isaiah defending his title against Shane Mercer and Congo Kong. Now, I haven't seen a lot of these guys because, you know, most of his talent is, uh, you know, that, that Mid-South talent. I saw Isaiah, I think, once or twice on um, 
I don't think he was on CZW, but I know he did those those IWA doubleheaders that they have at CZW, at least, you know, the one doubleheader. And uh, Shay Mercer, I don't remember ever seeing him. And Congo Kong either. Um, seeing a couple, you know, matches on the internet of the, these guys, so, you know, interested to see them live. Um, they did a good three-way. Um it started out with these mother. All right, man. Like, this is the thing with me. This is why, like, a lot of fucking wrestling fans. I don't fucking like them, man. Like, I get to a fucking show, and by the, by the middle of the show, I want to punch motherfuckers in the face. Like, there's no maybes about it. And it's not like, hey, I show up with this tough guy attitude. Like, who wants it? I want to fight somebody, man. I show up for my entertainment. That's all I fucking show up for, right? And, you know, I'm a critic. Hey, if you listen to this show, you know I am a critical, critical motherfucker. This is, you know, I judge shit the way I see it. I mean, that's that's just the way I am. And I don't shit on things for the sake of shitting on things. And I don't put shit over just to put shit over. I just, I see things a certain way, whether I like it, whether I don't like it. And I tell it like it is, at least through my eyes, right? So, all right. Having been said that. You get these motherfuckers in the crowd that go out of their fucking way to call wrestlers pussies and faggots and all this shit for no apparent reason, knowing goddamn well they ain't they ain't built like shit. These motherfuckers, man, they were sitting two people away from me, and this, I'm telling you, night one, if the same two motherfuckers, they were actually sitting on the other side on, on day two, and I'm fucking very, very thankful. Because I'm telling you right now, if those same two motherfuckers were sitting one, you know, two people away from me on day two, I would have definitely been in some shit with these two. And and there's not a chance in hell either one of them would have stood a chance with me. Um, for reasons such as, Isaiah comes out, and he's got some, like, like cargo pants type shit going on, and I think he's got, like, a t-shirt or something like that. It's what he works in, you know what I mean? Um, and Isaiah is a great wrestler, so they immediately start calling him trash bagger, calling him, oh, you, you fucking, you can't work, oh, you fucking dress like this, you're supposed to be a wrestler, and then they start calling him a pussy, and start calling him a faggot, just because they don't like what he's wearing and shit, again, these motherfuckers aren't built for no type of fucking physical activity, like nothing at all, like, they were built for exactly what the fuck they were doing, is sitting in a chair and drinking beers. That's exactly what they're built for. Yeah, I mean, these are the type of bitch motherfuckers that get people in trouble because they run their mouth and eventually someone punches them in the face, and then guess what? Fucking, they're not the ones in trouble. The other guy is. Yeah, I mean, so they're just like the people that incite some shit. They're the dudes that talk shit because they know nothing's going to happen to them. But... It's really ridiculous. They go over the fucking top. They call people names. They do dumb shit like that. And it's not, you know, playing heel to the heel. It's not, hey, fuck, you know, hey, hey, you know, if you want to be a critical fan, a guy fucked a move up, you fucked up, all that stuff. Hey, man, it is what it is. It's part of the crowd thing. But two seconds into the match where you're screaming that a guy's a pussy when, first off, he's a face in the match. Second off, again, you're not built for that shit. 
settle down, man. You ain't calling nobody a pussy in real everyday life. So what the fuck makes this situation any different? So me personally, I got no fucking tolerance for that. That was strike one with these little motherfuckers. Um, so then, then we get into, um, the fucking, uh, second match. Like I said, that match is pretty good. Um, Congo Kong's a big motherfucker, man. He can move for his size. I would definitely like to see him. I've heard a lot about this dude, and, um, I'd definitely like to see him in some better shape, man. Like, the, the dude's body looks like hell. Um, he can fucking move for his size, man. I'll tell you that much. But, um, you know, I mean, this dude's, you know, uh, movement, his agility, all those things are kind of, um, you know, TV ready. His body's got to get on some real shit, man. He ain't got to be ripped the fuck up. You know, he ain't got to look like Brock Lesnar, but for Christ's sake, man, you know, uh, sometimes when these, when you got to pull your fucking tights up to your titties and your titties are still down past your tights, like, it's just, I don't know, man. You know, you got to work on that shit a little bit. That's, that's just me, man. But either way, I mean, the guy could fucking work and, uh, you know, very entertaining. So, but if he's trying to do some next level shit, that, that type of thing's going to have to happen. You're going to have to find some gear that, you know, covers that shit up. But the guy can fucking work. And Shane Mercer's a good worker. Like I said, Isaiah's great, too. Um, so, anyway, then there was an eight-man tag match, which was the hooligans of Devin Cutter and Mason Cutter, plus J.C. Rotten and Mean Mitch Page versus the White Viking, the Viking, the Viking Vore Party. Uh, the Viking War Party and Joseph Swartz was their tag partner. Um, I had never seen uh, J.C. Rotten before. That's Ian Sonny. Looks just like him, man. Um, personally, I'd like to see a lot more of him. Um, I'd like to see him do a lot more, too. Um, hopefully, in the future, I'll end up having him on the show because he's a guy that I'd really like to talk to. Um, I actually got a, a lot of ideas of guys that you know, and, and girls that I would like on the show. So I'm working on some of those things. Um, just off of some new talent that I saw on these, these shows. So, you know, hopefully things work out and I'm able to get a couple, couple of these people on. Um, so, um, but I mean, JC Rodden, how, how is that not, um, you know, story, you know, perfect story, you know, Ian's son fucking come on, man. It's absolutely perfectly scripted for uh, success. The dude just got to work his ass off. And, um, you know, he's he's got so much talent that comes through IWA that I'm sure he's going to have some of the best trainers at his disposal. So I wish that dude the best, and I hope to see that dude accomplish big things because, like I said, he's got it all lined up for him. He's just got to put in the work. Um, he seems decent, you know what I mean? But... um yeah, the sky's the limit for that dude. Um, but uh, the Hooligans and J.C. Ryan and me, Mitch Page versus Viking War Party and Joseph Swartz. It's a good little match, you know, crazy little brawl. Um, it was fun. Um, I, you know, I was definitely getting like, all right, man, let's get the fuck on with this. You know, we came for King of the Death. You know, this fucking weather, who knows how long this is going to hold out. Man, I want to get to this fucking tournament, so. I was a little bit um, impatient with this match, but, you know, 
took it for what it was, and um, on next was the start of the fucking tournament, and that was um, barefoot fish hooks to I fucking hate. We're going into this nonsense. was not something I was excited for because I don't like fucking feet. So, um, you know, if that's like the focus of the violence, I'm not a big fan. Either way you look at it, Dale Patrick, um, that fucking dude is, he's the truth, man. He can really work his ass off. He was one of the two good matches out of Carnage Cup. Carnage Cup uh, night one, the only two good matches on that show overall, in my opinion, on night one or night two, were both just night one matches, one being Tank versus Corp, the other one being Dale Patrick versus Marcus, uh, not Marcus Crane. Josh Green, um, that that I think was the the best match of the whole show. Those two, and um, you know I think he's a Drake younger trainee. He comes out to Drake's old music and shit. Um, that dude can fucking kill it. Adam Bueller is a guy who does not look built for anything. Man, he is super super skinny, but this fucking guy can he can take abuse, man. He's he is definitely ready for this shit. I mean, you look at him and go, oh, man, this dude's going to die. But nah, man, like, he can handle this shit 100%. Definitely want to see some more of this guy because, you know, don't sleep on that guy. He, he'll show you some shit. So then the next match was Venus Fly Traps, which was like those, um, well, it, 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 I think there was just one of those things, but it was like a, Barbed wire, kind of like a Caribbean spiderweb type thing. Kind of like that. Um, now, before this match, I'd definitely like to preface, here's here's the second part of this shit, and, and the clincher of why I wanted to punch those fucking dudes in the face. And I'm telling you, like, not too much of that shit can go on around me without something going down. These fucking dudes with the beer, like, thing, man, you know, I'm, I'm almost, I'm just fucking a couple days out, less than a week away from being two years sober. And there's no, you know, I'm way past the point of temptation or any of that bullshit. I'm good on all that. But I don't want fucking beer poured on me or no dumb shit like that. Why the fuck would I want that? You know what I mean? It's just, it's not something you want to be part of. You know what I mean? Let let whoever do whatever they want. I ain't hating on what they're doing. But... By all means, don't fucking, don't get it fucked up with me. So Gage comes over, you know, does his rounds around the ring, and he comes over there, and these motherfuckers, like, mouth-raped him with the fucking beer, man. Like, dude grabbed the fucking beer and jammed it in Gage's mouth. Like, I don't understand how Gage didn't knock this fucking dude out, but fuck that dumb shit, man. And, again, I'm, like, one person away, so that's, like, you know, beer was flying a little bit because Gage had to, like, push the beer away, and and it, it's just fucking ridiculous, you know what I mean? People need to learn how to be respectful, or, you know I mean, you're bound to get checked by fucking somebody. At some point in life, you're going to run into the wrong shit, and they were fucking definitely walking on eggshells with me. Little did they know. Um, but they, you know, they got out of that shit, um... And plus, during the match, was like, where I'm just like fucking gritting my teeth. Because this fucking dude is like trying to give 
a quarter of a beer. He's telling, he's trying to give a quarter of a beer to the dude on the other side of me. And he's like, dude, dude. And he keeps trying to reach the beer and shit. And he's like, dude, dude, you want a quarter of a beer? I don't like Bud Light. Like, could you just drink, like, come on, like, take this quarter of a beer. Like, first off, when I drank, man, there wasn't no trying to give other motherfuckers beers. If I was going to give somebody a beer, it would have been a whole one. Not, can you finish my beer, bitch-ass motherfucker. You know what I mean? Just own your shit. Keep your shit in your fucking circle. You know what I mean? Why you got to make it everybody else's fucking deal? So, anyway. Um, back to, back to the action. Uh, Nick Gage fucking killed Marcus Crane. Marcus Crane got a little offense in there, but Gage did fucking Gage, man. And he, he fucked his shit up, man. He was all over the place with him. Ended up powerbombing him into the, uh, Venus flytrap thing. It was like a, you know, like a taller Caribbean spider web thing where you get thrown in and it's hard for you to get out type shit. Um, with all the barbed wire least, you know, across the top. So he threw him into that shit. Now that, that was that. And he fucking, he owned that shit. Uh, it was really one of the only, like, squash matches out of this tournament. I didn't realize uh, this fucking volume was on. But it is. Um, all right. So then uh, the what was, what ended up being the final match of that night was the standout match of that night. Um, Texas Bull Rope, Barbed Wire Boards, and Cactus Pit match was Matt Tremont defeating Tank. This match was fucking stiff, just like you would expect it to be out of these two dudes. Fucking brutal back-and-forth match. Um, you know, tank, Tank's not an easy go, man. He's a guy that really needs to be brought in by CZW. Um, he's been slept on by them for a long, long fucking time. And I love Tank, man. He could fucking bang out with anybody. And, um, you know, he knows what he's doing in there. He's not He's not one of these garbage fucking wrestlers that doesn't know how to, you know. He, he's just... He definitely knows what the fuck he's doing in there. And uh, I like this match a lot. Tremont was just pouring fucking blood out of his head. I got some good pictures of that one. You know, the blood dripping out of his head and everything. He advanced right there. Uh, at that point, and, you know, the the power was going out. They had, like, these outside lights, like, you know, those, those work lights. And uh, there were a couple lights on the building. And they kept trying to put the, the work lights up on top of the you know, the rider truck that they were doing the filming out of and all that stuff. And I guess they were tripping the breaker or whatever the case was. And I would cut the sound system and the lights and everything. And um, on top of that, the fucking rain kicked, you know, right back up, man. Like, they called intermission, I guess, to try to figure out the um, immediately when they called intermission, the fucking rain started coming out. You know, it was just coming down heavy. And they were like, all right, we're going to, um, you know, we're going to finish the first round. Maybe we'll start this shit back up at 1 o'clock and do the rest of the first round, then Queen of the Death, and then on to the, you know, the regular day two thing of the death match. So that, that's what they did there. 
So let me see. Why did they do that? All right. So fuck. Where I'm trying to read results in order to get my um keep my bearings on where I'm at. But apparently this is not working. I'm trying to read this shit here. All right, I don't think it went in that order. So I'm going to have to try to... I think uh, the opening match, I think, was Sexy Eddie versus Insane Lane. They have it as Masada here, but that was not the case for sure. That was actually the last of the uh, first half. Um, Sexy Eddie versus Insane Lane. Uh, Lane looked a lot better in this match than he did in in, uh, Carnage Cup. As I said in Carnage Cup, he just wasn't ready for this shit. Now, I, I still don't think he's the insane lane of old, but this match was done a lot, lot better than the match he had with Brian Woods at um, Carnage Cup. Um, I mean, it should be no surprise that insane lane is, is a one-round-and-done guy for now. Um, you know, I think in the future, this guy keeps at it and, you know, and gets himself in a little better shape. Insane lane is going to be a force to reckon with, you know. I mean, he's... You know, he's a, he's a vet. He's a guy who's been doing this a long fucking time. And, you know, deservingly so, he should be recognized in these tournaments and should be into these tournaments and, and um, you know, recognized as as one of these guys. You know what I mean? Like, but, um, yeah, Sexy Eddie looked great. He was out there doing his fucking thing as usual. Home run derby match is always, almost always a, a very entertaining match. And this definitely was. Um, they had a like a. At first, I thought it was some kind of sea urchin or some shit. It was like a porcupine on a bat type thing. I'm obviously dead, but um, fuck, man, those spikes dug into the ring. There was like a couple quills that just fucking stuck in the ring, and they were stuck there after the fucking match. Um, that was some badass shit right there. Um, I, they got this shit all scrambled. I think the next match was Devin Moore and Reed Bentley. I, I think I could be wrong, but either way, you know what's what's going on. I'm I'm gonna hit all the matches either way. Uh, Devin Moore, Reed Bentley. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Devin Moore, Reed Bentley, this is a TLC times two match. It was like uh, uh, tables, ladder, chairs, uh, candles, and uh, I don't know what the other shit is. Either way. Um, stop with the fucking lit candles, all right? The dumbest fucking stipulation ever. Um, you can't keep lit candles lit outside. I don't know why anyone wouldn't field test that shit before we did the show because they got those little tea light candles and shit and they got like four motherfuckers over there trying to light candles before the match looking frustrated as shit and they were all fucking out. The only one that stayed lit was the fucking Yankee candle type shit and the only thing they used that for during the match was like dripping wax on a motherfucker like they was about to do some some old other shit. That shit didn't make no motherfucking sense. So, um, stop with that bullshit. Um, even inside, you know, they did that shit at Carnage Cup. And, uh, you know, they did the, the, like, burn your head on it so you could hold their head near the flame. That I get. 
you know, I get that as at least somewhat of an effect type of situation, but it didn't, I didn't think it came off that great, at least the way that they did it at Carnage Cup. Um, but if you're going to do a move into it long before you hit the fucking, the, the flame, shit's going to go out from the motion of you, you know, coming towards it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, blowing a candle out is, it's way lighter than swinging a human at it. You know what I mean? They're going to go out before you land on it. So it, it's it's kind of stupid. I mean, I guess you can put on a, a decent illusion with it if you did it right, but that's ha- going to have to be inside. But I don't know. I just I don't like that fucking stipulation at all. But either way, uh, Devin and Reed, oh, uh, tax strips was one of the things. Um, Devin and Reed did a great job. Great first round matchup, and uh, Devin went ahead on that one, and uh, that was that. Um, okay, that's it. These are all scrambled. Um, let me see. And you had uh, JD Har versus Brian Woods in what was probably the best match of the first round. This was a fans bring the weapons. Uh, all sorts of crazy shit. Both of these guys were debuting in IWA Mid-South with this match, so they really both had a lot to prove. Um, I'd never seen either one of these guys live before, and uh, it was definitely awesome to see. Um, fucking J.D. Har um, took the Kensins. He took the Kensins in the head you know, pounded into his fucking head, uh, which to me is, is one of the most brutal things in all of deathmatch wrestling is those fucking Kenzins in the head because those things are, are long, man. They're they're way longer than, like, a barb from barbed wire. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I would expect them to be way longer than... Um, I mean, obviously, skewers are very long, and... Uh, you know, but how far do they go into your head? I guess that that all depends on, you know, which one goes where or whatever. And uh, thumbtacks, I tend to think Kenzins are definitely longer than thumbtacks as well. Um, we saw with uh, Abdullah Kobayashi on the Tournament of Death that year, those fucking things went into his skull. Like, they had a really, really hard time pulling them out of his head. And um, they are just one of the most devastating I mean, it's it's amazing that these guys are able to take those fucking things pounded into their head. It really is. Every time, like, that shit is just fucking incredibly, uh, you know, brutal to me when I see that shit. It's one of those things that definitely hasn't been overdone thus far. I don't know if you can overdo that because uh, they're just so fucking, so fucking brutal. But, um, so they did that in the match. They also um, fucking uh, J.D. Har ripped out Brian Woods' fucking eyebrow ring with a pair of pliers. Uh, they, they went through all sorts of shit in this match. They they beat the living shit out of each other. It was some serious, serious shit here. Um, definitely want to see more of both of those guys because they can fucking go. They're on some real sick shit there. Um Next, the uh, Field of Burn match was John Wayne Murdoch and Corporal Robinson. They had um, 
lit cigarettes in a pit, which uh, this is another one of those things that to me I just thought was a bad idea because it was a big giant pit with like sand in the middle with, you know, cigarettes that were all lit and upside down. I think all of them were pretty much out by the time they got around to fucking with them. Uh, But secondly, it just, I don't know. It just doesn't look that cool. It's not not a great image. Um, The Coles is a bad motherfucker. Um, I think, I mean, I know I'm being a little critical here. I think if there was a way to keep them red, like the red fucking hot Coles, I, I think visually it would have been a lot better. There was no question in my mind that those motherfuckers were hot. So I'm not questioning that at all because shit, like they had them in a, you know, a wooden box and put it on top of the tarp. And by the end of the match, they already burned a hole in the fucking tarp that was underneath it. So those shits were hot. There's no question about it. They did one like, uh, kind of slammed uh corpse head into its spot. That was, uh, you know, what they did with them. And, um, but, you know, you hit on, like, the outskirts of it. I mean, those those things are just way too fucking dangerous. It's almost like one of those spots you'd rather not do because you're not going to do it to the fullest. No one's going to land, like, fucking flat back into that pit. I mean, it's just, that shit will fucking, that shit will put some serious fucking burn damage on you. So, there's only going to be so much you could do with that. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. But um, flaming table spot, the fucking finish, man. Um, Crook that kept doing, you know, light his hand, light his foot. Uh, I think uh, Murdoch lit his elbow pad. They were using the alcohol. It didn't flame up as much, so the visual wasn't great on those things. But that fucking flaming table spot, that was a bad motherfucker right there. Um, Murdoch went up to the top, and... Uh, Corp was on the table. I think uh, no, he, they were teasing it, and uh, Corp was in front of the table, fucking flames behind him, and uh, Murdoch jumped and drove his knees, you know, diving knees type shit, and drove Corp back through the fucking flaming table. Big fucking flames on the table. Shit was absolutely crazy. So um. Good shit there, man. I liked it. Um, Corp could definitely still go. And uh, that was that um, other match. I think the final first round match was um, Masada versus the Green Phantom in a Caribbean Spiderweb match. This match, they they took down the ropes. They put up barbed wire ropes on two sides and put up uh, Caribbean Spiderwebs on the other two sides. So this was good. Uh, you know, they, they banged out in there. And, um, yeah, they they went back and forth quite a bit. Um, Green Phantom got a whole shitload more offense than I expected him to. Uh, last time I seen Green Phantom in the United States was back when uh, Necro beat the shit out of him at a tournament of death. And uh, this was a very competitive match with Masada. They did the chair battle thing on the outside and actually um, – Green Phantom broke uh, his pinky knuckle on that chair battle, you know, where they smashed the chairs together. And, uh, yeah, fucking badass, man. He kept going through the match. And um, this was definitely good. So uh, Masada won, went forward. Um, 
Next up after this was Queen of the Deathmatch. I'm going to take a break, come back, hit Queen of the Deathmatch, and then uh, either take another break or, uh, you know, go towards the, the semis and finals. We'll see what goes on as far as that goes. But, um, yeah, let me take a break, come back, and uh, hit the other stuff. I'm a born killer, you face to face with Scarface, you try to isolate, but that's a motherfucking waste. You fool's fucked up, G, and your mama should have warned you about a nigga like me. Cause I don't even, I don't sleep. Say that motherfucker's black, cause talk is cheap. Been a bitch that got beat. Let's take it to the streets, and I'm gonna bring it to your ass, G. I'm coming from the heart, son, and I don't take no shit, but I'm about to start something. And which one of you hoes wanna jump? If you got static, then get it off your chest, punk. Cause I ain't born none. Don't fuck on me. 
All right, before I continue with the tournament, I definitely want to talk about one fucking certain little restaurant out there. Now, on the way here, and actually days and weeks and probably months leading up to this trip out here, I kept hearing about a certain place. A certain place that was really built up to be a big fucking deal by my friend Jeremy. And um, that that place is none other than the Waffle House. Um, the amount of um, glades that I heard this place get, the amount of buildup that I heard this place get, um, you know, I, I don't... I, I was just gonna give it give it a chance. I already was kind of skeptical going in. I, I gotta say that, all right. But every time we saw one of these things, and there was like a hundred of them, the further you know, closer we got to the to the venue, or you know, to Indiana, the more of these fucking things you saw. So every time they'd be pointed out, look another waffle. Oh, dude, we got to stop. We got to stop at one of these joints. Oh, before we leave, no question. Waffle House, Waffle House, Waffle House. So we get into the fucking Waffle House. First thing, now, granted, listen, we already hit Bob Evans, and I told you my fucking Bob Evans story about the motherfucker being the most efficient, um, solid meal, motherfucking polite, Every fucking thing you could want out of the joint, right? Okay. Waffle House. We walk in, and they're like, all right, you know, we want to get a booth, whatever. And uh, the one behind the counter, she's like, you want to just, like, sit here at the bar type thing? You know, the counter. Because uh, I don't know about a booth right now. And then uh, Hogan's like, nah, I don't want a booth. So I was like, all right, well, they're like, all right, there's a booth over there. And they're standing there, and they're not even really acknowledging us. And Chick is, like, cleaning this fucking table, kind of, like, pulling shit off the table, kind of, sort of cleaning it. And it was, like, still, like, no acknowledging us, really. So Hogan, or uh, Jeremy, I think, said to Hogan, like, you, you know, you got to just, like, walk over there by the booth so they know, like, you, you want that shit. So I don't know what the fuck was going on. Just some real unorthodox bullshit, right? So, table, to the, to the level of what they think is clean, right? This fucking table, for the fifth to four of us, was like, like a checkerboard and shit. Like, like if you just folded out a fucking checkerboard or like a Monopoly fucking game board. That's what this motherfucking table was like with the booth. So we got the four of us crammed onto this fucking thing. You would think in the Mid-South where most of these motherfuckers are not cool with homosexuality, they would have big, large spaces to keep the dudes away from each other so ain't no, you know, ain't no silly shit happen because they're not down with that. So Either way you look at it, they cram all those motherfuckers into this booth. First things first. I get the announcement from Jeremy and Hogan, who were the biggest fucking supporters of this place, that place so much because of the waffles. So that's not what they would be getting today. Now, 
I see Waffle House on the motherfucking sign. I know you ain't in the fucking house. You would think you're eating a fucking waffle in this bitch, right? I hadn't heard enough about this joint that I would think you're getting what the fuck's on the sign because what else are they known for, right? I'm like, well, fuck the bullshit because I'm getting a waffle because, look, clearly I see the fucking sign. If they're good at one fucking thing, I would think they're good at waffles, okay? So that's what I'm going to get. Now, on the right side of me, I'm on the, the inside of the booth. On the right side of me, if I lean my hand over, my hand would be in their kitchen. So that there's another issue there where, like, I could pretty much do my motherfucking dishes from where I'm sitting because the motherfucker is so fucking packed. The whole fucking place is just smushed together where I'm halfway in a fucking kitchen, halfway in this little bitch-ass booth. I get the announcement from the other motherfuckers that had to be here. The waffles aren't really there. Okay, moving forward. I get a coffee. The shit's served in pretty much like a shot glass. Fucking drinking my bitch-ass coffee. Get the fucking food, right? First off, she hands the wrong shit to the wrong motherfuckers. So, Hogan's got Jeremy's food. Jeremy got Hogan's food. Hogan's a course already biting shit there's there is no figuring out whose fucking food it is you drop that shit in front of hogan it's fucking game over so you know he's biting <laughs> he's already chewing on shit and they're like no 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 that wasn't we got the wrong one so they switched i think he had only chewed on like half you know ate half the toast or some kind of shit so they switch it up there um so I was the only motherfucker there that got the waffle. Um, I think AJ got some hash browns or some kind of some kind of shit there. Telling them we serve better fucking Cinderella fucking waffles in my kitchen to my twins on a regular fucking basis. Yeah, I mean frozen waffles from the motherfucking frozen foods thing with fucking Olaf on that shit we hand my daughters that are cooked better than the fucking joint that has waffle on the sign. Shit is garbage. Shit is absolute fucking garbage. It's got waffle and it's got house on the sign. And the waffle tasted more like the side of my fucking house than a fucking waffle. Fuck this bullshit, man. Fuck this place. Fuck this bullshit. Fuck all the hype. I don't want to hear this bullshit no more. Waffle house my dick. Because Bob Evans beat the shit out of some Waffle House. That shit was on point. On fucking point. I'm looking at these two motherfuckers that couldn't live without this joint. Like, what the fuck, man? Are you are you bullshitting me, the two of you? They're like, what, man? What? And then, then I'm getting this, like, well, it's like the ambiance. I'm like, what ambiance? I'm halfway in these motherfuckers' kitchen right now. You know what I mean? You want me to tap the fucking uh, waitress on, on the on the shoulder? She's behind the building smoking a cigarette, and I can reach her. You want me to? You want me to get her real quick? This is some bullshit. And then, you know, she stops by, and she's like, you know, you guys done, or you know, is this it? You know, and I'm like, absolutely, I'm fucking way done with this bullshit here. And um, she's like, all right, and we got separate bills or whatever. 
She comes by, reaches over my motherfucking coffee, this little bitch-ass coffee. I got a little shot glass of coffee that they give you. And she reaches over my fucking coffee to stuff the bills over by where the, the fucking syrup goes in that little rack. I'm just looking at this motherfucker with the hairy-ass arms, and I'm like, is this just reaching over my... Why are we here? What the fuck is going on? I'm telling Jeremy and them, I'm like, look, man, they got these big, round, circular, ball-looking fucking lights on the ceiling. I want an air cannon that fits these fucking lights in it. I want to pull all these bitches down. I want to stand on the curb, and I want to shoot these things into the building until this bitch is gone, until this motherfucker is telling them while we're sitting in the joint. Um, I am not a fan. I am not a fan of Waffle House. I don't want to hear any more fucking hype about the fucking Waffle House because the bitch is horrible. Horrible, all right? All right. So, anyway, uh, we're going to get in the Queen of the Death match. And it starts out with Sage Supreme taking on Thunder Kitty in a Taipei barbed wire boards match. And um, say to start, um, both of them were tremendously impressive. I haven't, I'm not a big women's wrestling fan, so I haven't seen a lot of these women in person. Um, I do like, you know, women's wrestling, but as far as, like, total women's wrestling shows, I don't watch too many of them. So, so my knowledge of actual, you know, female wrestlers is, is a little bit on the low side. Um, these two were tremendously entertaining. Um Sage Supreme is uh, Supreme's daughter. Supreme from XPW fame, um, California King of the Deathmatch. That's his daughter, and she's got this uh, pumpkin gimmick, and uh, she's the pumpkin queen. And, uh, yeah, I mean, really, really good shit there. And um, she ended up beating Thunder Kitty with uh, spitting green shit in her face. One thing I will comment on um, as far as that goes, and Thunder Kitty's badass, too. Um, she got that, like, throwback gimmick. You know, she looks like the like the old school wrestlers and stuff. She does it really fucking well, too. So, anyway, the one criticism I'll give um, Sage is she did, like, a, you know, pulled out the liquid stuff, did the green thing. She needs to get a mist down absolutely needs to get a miss down because I mean visually she did like a hawk spit and that that's not that's not a good look if you pull something out and you're going to spit something in someone's eyes to blind them you really need to do the miss I mean is I mean am I crazy I, I think you need to do a miss because I mean a lot of people wouldn't even know what happened I mean, she grabbed her eyes and stuff, but you just saw, like, a, you know, a hot spit. And then uh, afterwards, you know, she was sticking her tongue out and had the green tongue, so you got that something was going on there. But if she if she threw that fucking big green mist visually, that shit would have looked on point, and then you would have got exactly what happened. Plus, Thunder Kitty's whole face would have been green rather than, you know, whatever she was selling. Just, you know, small criticism, but either way, well-worked match out of the two of them. Great stuff. Um, Ian comes out next and he announces there's a no-show by Rebecca Payne, who has no-showed for the second year in a row now. 
Randy West comes out and she's getting a bye, but she, you know, rips uh, Rebecca Payne apart, talks all sorts of shit about her, and this and this. Um, next up is, I believe the next matchup was the Butcher Kathy Owens versus Sabrina Six. Uh, Sabrina Six looks like like Miley Cyrus, like she's super skinny, you know, short, short blonde hair. She looks super young. The Owens is just a bad motherfucker. I had heard a couple months ago she had a match with Matt Tremont, and uh, they just tore it up like brutal headbutts, like this chicken hang, like she's no joke. So um, she beat the shit out of Sabrina, man. Sabrina got a little offense in there and this and this, but, um, man, Kathy... Kathy put it on her. Um, right then, too, after I saw that, I was like, Kathy in the finals versus Lou Dark. I, I, like, I called her. I turned to AJ and said it right off the bat after that. And he's like, no, 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 because everybody likes the pumpkin queen. And then, you know, and I get it. But I still saw, like, you know what? This is the one. It's going to go down to the finals. It's going to be Kathy the Butcher versus uh, Lou Dark. So uh, next matchup was uh, Lou Dark versus Mistress Burgundy. And um, this was tax, carpet strips, bar wire bundles, and uh, light tube ropes and shit. So um, they beat the shit out of each other. Uh, Mistress Burgundy got quite a bit of uh, offense and everything, but uh, Lou Dark is just, and she's badass. I actually uh, ordered one of her shirts because I wanted to get it at the show, but they didn't have the size I wanted. I wanted a large a white shirt with her, her, um, her face on it, and uh, shit is dope. So I can't wait to get that. Um, let me see. Then uh, in between right there, that was the first round. The, or wait, what the fuck? Uh, let's just call it that, all right? Um, or did they have the uh, the semis there? Maybe they had the semis there. Um, yeah, Kathy Owens beat Sage Supreme. This was a really good match. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, like I said, I, I predicted Kathy to go to the finals, so I was happy to be right. I'm, I'm always generally happy to be right. But um, so uh, yeah, this was a good match. Definitely, you know, want to see that. Um, they worked the shit out of a bar, a thumbtack bra in this. And shit, and she kept putting it on, fucking rubbing it on Kathy's face and shit, and fucking her up with it. And uh, it was a good match. Uh, next up was Ludark versus Randy West, and uh, yeah, they beat shit out of each other too. So fans bring the weapons, and another really good match. Um, then next up was a non-tournament match of Brian Woods and Green Phantom. This was like a kind of like a losers bracket match from the night before. A green Phantom obviously going in with a broken pinky. And uh, Brian Woods, man, he, he's, a, he's a serious fucking dude, man. Uh, they had a they had a big-ass um, light-tube log cabin type gimmick. And uh, they took that shit in this match. This is a crazy fucking match. Uh, definitely want to go out and catch this one. If you liked uh, Bryant Woods in the first round, make sure you don't miss what he did in uh, 
you know, in this in this match as well. And Green Phantom did his thing as well. Uh, then you had the Queen of the Death match finals. Uh, this was a gusset plate pools of alcohol match between Lou Dark and Kathy Owens with Lou Dark taking home the 2005 Queen of the Death match. Um, I thought this tournament was good. Uh, I'll have to watch it again, you know, on DVD and everything. But um, I feel like this was better than last year's. I could be wrong. Um, I personally didn't like last year's at all. I didn't see it live, so I could be completely biased on it because live is just always better. Um, But I I like this this one a lot better than last year's. So, um, yeah, that's... That's just the way I saw it. All right, let me take uh, one more break, and then we'll get into the the the, uh, the last day. All right, let me see what the fuck. How about I get on the show page, and then I could uh, find us off. There we go. And meanwhile, on the south side of town. Fucking hood and things. Seems to me my motherfucking hood didn't change. Cause niggas used to kick it with the rival gangs. But now we got to deal with them survival things. 45 in my lap when I'm on the creep. Niggas living shite, so I roll one deep. Cause now they see me flipping in the 1994 CSI, nigga. Black 850. And now they looking at me crazy. But all brand niggas can suck a dick because they can't fade me And if it came down to the gun black I never cracked up under pressure Cause I was trained for combat So get your motherfucking boys together I represent S.A. nigga And we making noise forever And getting paid at the same time So you respect a motherfucker when a motherfucker claim mine Cause if you disrespect you ass out And then re roaming through your motherfucking shit in the glass house Acting bad with the flashes on Making niggas get they asses on Cause ain't no motherfucking love for fools Who come around this motherfucker trying to scrub the fools It ain't no haps on it, hops We snaps on the cops And straps on the glocks And take the law into our own hands Cause you ain't fucking with a rookie, nigga You fucking with a grown man And we gon' show you what we mean by funk Motherfucker, you ain't seen my trunk I got a and a and a that I fuck a nigga whole day. So recognize a real nigga from the streets when you rolling through your motherfucking hood. What do you say? At my homie at the Swisher house Scoda 40 bag and we hit the spot Put my shit in park and got up under the tree Pulled the Swishers out and gave the gun to the street Wrapped us up a fatty and we started Nigga because we all hood But other niggas don't want to see it that way But all I gotta say is you don't want to see that S.A. Because we all up on the mission Killing don't make us no difference Dying don't make it no different Cause I ain't been to more wakes in this past year Than the motherfucking bingos lost last year So ain't no motherfucking thing for me To kill a nigga who ain't fucking with the game with me Cause that's what I see 
formaldehyde smoking, niggas getting loaded. Ready to pull your coat, leave your stomach open, scoping, hoping for you to fuck up and slip so we can have a reason for fucking up your shit. It ain't no motherfucking peace when they see me. Cause we ain't never had a motherfucking peace treaty. So I know I got to get them with game. And when I hit them with the game, I gotta hit them with this damn thing. Cause it's kill or be killed, never cut slack. And if you cut slack, they bust back. Fuck that. I never give a second chance to pull the first gun. Cause if they bust one time, that be the worst one. And that's the one that can close the shop. So you gotta stand and hold the glove. Cause in my motherfucking hood, that's how it be. But when you rolling through your motherfucking hood, what do you see? When you jump into this little side note real quick. Um, after night one, because, uh, you know, that had ended uh, pretty early, so that's all right. Um, you know, we ended up heading over to uh, Strip Bar. And, you know, we were only there for maybe an hour or so, something like that. Um, I'm going to do my best not to incriminate other parties in this uh, this year. But um, just I haven't been to a strip bar in years, and there is a couple of things that I just found tremendously amusing about this uh, strip bars. It, it's funny because when you know, I mean, depending on what mind state you're in, I mean, if you're the type that you know you're going in there real desperate, I mean, these 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 girls are just gonna fucking take advantage of you and drain your bank account. Now I'm not a desperate dude, so um, I saw it way fucking differently. And I found it very amusing. A um, couple things happen in strip bars that are funny. One, motherfuckers needlessly pay for shit. But it doesn't make sense. Uh, we had sat over by the side wall. So we weren't up on the stage. And we weren't out on like a, out in the middle. You know what I mean? Trying to just kind of lay low profile. So we're over there. Now, when you sit up off the stage... But still, in clear view of the fucking stage, you're seeing the same shit that the motherfucker that's sitting right up on the stage is seeing. So basically, he's paying for the shit, and you're seeing whatever the fuck he's paying for. Doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense why you be the motherfucker right up on the fucking stage sticking dollar after dollar after dollar in in, in this chick's pants. So, shit's silly, number one. Um... Then, of course, there's the silly-ass moves that these strippers do that uh, they're just not normal sexual moves. I mean, maybe in some kind of specialty porns or something like that, but, like, they always do that move where they act like they're playing with themselves and then they smack the pussy. Like, who the fuck smacks the pussy? That shit is weird. Um, 
that's just like a normal move they do. It's like how they finish out doing whatever they're doing. They just smack it and shit. And man, I've seen a lot of movies, and I don't see that much of of that type of action. So it's just a weird move. I don't really understand the purpose of doing that shit. Is um, then they, you know, they do that other fucking move where the dude's up there on the stage, and then the chick, like more or less, mops the dude's crotch with her head. Like, can you imagine if you were actually with a girl and rather than actually make, you know, the normal contact, she just, like, stuck the top of her head in your dick? That shit don't seem normal. That shit don't seem like something that you would tell your friends about the next day. Like, you won't believe what happened last night, man. She just hit the top of her head on my dick all night long. Like, what the fuck are you doing? But these are just normal stripper moves, you know what I mean? Again, I guess to desperate dudes, that shit is fantastic, but I just look and laugh. It's just quality entertainment to me. Now, here's the other move that I found tremendously satisfying, and I didn't think of it this way until afterwards, until, like, the the third or fourth no, I really started getting this this vibe that, that made me laugh inside, like, maniacally. You know, years years back, like, you know, when you go through the dating scene and stuff, and, you know, I'm sure a lot of people listening still go through the dating scene. As a dude, you get turned down a lot. Um, you get a lot of girls that look at you, might even tell you straight up, like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, absolutely not. No fucking thank you. I don't think so. Well, in a strip bar, if you go in there, and have a mindset where you're not a desperate dude in trying to get a chick to touch your arm and pay her $5 to do so. If you're just in there to just look at what you want to look at and not fucking pay nobody shit except for the cover charge going in the door like I did, you get to sit there and have them come up and give you the, hey, baby, hey, 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 and you go, eh, I'm good. <laughs> and then watch their face change as they and then walk away. And then they come back and think they're going to get you the second time. Hey, baby, hey, how about now? Nah. <laughs> and just they walk away. Shit is tremendously entertaining because then, I mean, it's like the shoe's on the other foot, you know? Back in the day where it's like, oh, you see motherfuckers trying their ass off and the chicks just aren't having it. You get to be in the other in the other position. And they come up to you, oh, come on, come on. You're like, nah, <laughs> nah, I don't think so. I'm all good. Thanks. Eh, maybe later. They come back later. Eh, still no. <laughs> it, it's, uh, they they ended up getting pretty angry. Um, you know, I mean, nothing, you know, crazy, but you could definitely tell they didn't like me by the time we left. It was a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, there was that. Now let's go into um and, and the hotel had a nice uh where the fuck did we stay there? Ramada? Some shit like this. Um I think that was where it was. I'm so fucking tired, it's hard to even remember what the fuck we were looking at. Um they had a nice little indoor pool set up that I really wanted to uh hit up, but it just there just wasn't time. Uh they closed at ten, so it wasn't even like you get some late night shit in there, which is kinda crazy because they didn't have the motherfucking lifeguard situation any goddamn way. So what's the difference if they just kept this bitch open overnight and it was indoors? So what the fuck, right? 
But um, probably could have just went over there and just went in there the night until we kicked you out. But again, there was there still wasn't much time. Um, so, but yeah, a nice little indoor pool. I think they had a little hot tub in there, and then uh, what they called a fitness center or something. It was a treadmill, uh, like a step machine and a bike. Uh, I don't. That wasn't gonna happen with me. Fuck that bullshit. I could run around the block if I wanted to. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to fuck with any of that, but, um, but yeah, nice little, nice little joint though. Um, all right. Second round, John Wayne Murdoch and Devin Moore, uh, what the fuck? Oh, these motherfuckers, man. See, I try to, I try to get these motherfucking, uh, results off a, a site here so that way I can kind of keep myself on pace and they just fuck this up anyway John Wayne Murdoch and Devin Moore this was uh the Caribbean spiderweb match this was initially slated to be a circus death match but because um they uh what you call it because it really limits what you can actually do yeah, the the circus death match is pretty much a couple spots off a scaffold, and that's it. And I mean, you could brawl around on the outside, but the ring is absolutely useless once you Caribbean spider and not Caribbean uh, circus death match. You know, web because if anyone hasn't seen a circus death match before, you're more or less making a barbed wire trampoline out of the ring, and then you know, or, or like a barbed wire circus catch net, so to speak. Um. So it's pretty worthless. It takes a shitload of time to set up because uh, that's a lot of fucking barbed wire put into it. You know, it's obviously super dangerous, but beyond that, a lot of setup, and it really, really limits what you can do in the match. They're able to do a lot more out of this match. Um, you know, Devin dropping. I mean, Devin is just the fucking king of scaffold matches. I mean, there's no way around that. That dude is so fucking comfortable with the scaffold. Shit is ridiculous. He fucking ran up that scaffold and dropped the elbow off the scaffold like it was the fucking top word. I mean, he's fucking ridiculous with the scaffold match. So, um, but, uh, he ended up taking fucking Murdoch's, um, Canadian Destroyer off the fucking scaffold through a table. There's supposed to be two tables, but the one table that they brought in the ring just melted. The bitch was waterlogged and all this shit, and it was just falling apart. They tried to flip it over, and it just fell in half. So um, that was, you know, a a spot that was initially set up for two tables, and these dudes were still able to pull it off with just one table left in the fucking ring, and uh, just showing how fucking good that these two are at what they do. And, uh, you know, Canadian Destroyer off the fucking scaffold through a table in a ring. Just just absolutely badass. And John Wayne Murdoch advances. Um, Motherfuck. Now I'm trying to remember who wrestled who because they fucked this up. Um, shit. Let me, let me go back. Um... Let me see if I can get a... Um, I'll take another break. Which I really don't want to do. But, um... 
me take another break. Let me just find a, a track to do so. And then uh, see if I can find another uh, to this shit. And then... Uh, um, let me see. Trying to find out. All right, check it. Check it. I grew up for fucking screw up. Got introduced to the game. Got an ounce and fucking blew up. Chopping rocks overnight. The nigga Biggie Small trying to turn into the black Frank White. We had the grow dreads to change our description. Two cops is on the milk box missing. Shows they toes, you know they got stepped on. A fist full of bullets, a chest full of Teflon. Run from the police, picture that. Nigga, I'm too fat. I fuck around and catch an asthma attack. That's why I bust back. It don't faze me. When he drops, take his clock and I'm Swayze. Celebrate my escape, solar clock, bust some weight. Lay back, I got some money to make. Long night, it's a long night, my friend. The bar room and the back seats dead end. Sometimes I thought I saw the sunrise and good times in the end. It was just another big town With midnight neon glare Long night It's a long night, I know Nick Gage 
and Sexy Eddie had an unlucky 13 staple gun match. I fucking hate staple gun matches. I don't give a fuck. Staple gun is fine as a weapon. I hate staple gun matches where they have to do a certain number of fucking dollars or fucking leeches or any goddamn thing that involves you needing to hit a certain amount of staples. I fucking hate it. It's boring as shit. The two of these guys wrestled a good match despite the stip being garbage. Um, The part where you had to do that, you know, that part of the match didn't do shit for me. Um, Gage ended up hitting, you know, winning it, obviously. Uh, He stapled the dollar to Eddie's dick to win it. Like, fucking drilled like two fucking staples on that shit, and it, it fucking stuck, so. But either way, um, I just, I hate that stipulation. But, um, you know, outside of, you know, that, you know, it it was a good match besides having to work that stipulation in the match. Um, Masada beat Dale Patricks. Like I said, Dale Patricks is a guy who, um, you know, he's he's very fucking valuable. I think this guy's going to be, do big things in the future. Masada won. Uh, they had cinder blocks. They set the fucking cinder blocks on fire. Good shit here. Um, I enjoyed this quite a bit. Um, Matt Tremont beat J.D. Horror in a World Series of Glass match. Uh, this was a crazy fucking match. Like I said, J.D. Horror, um, he impressed quite a bit, you know, into this tournament. And Matt Tremont, man, he came with such fucking intensity and fire in his eyes, and um, you wouldn't think this guy just won a, a deathmatch tournament. You know, the way he came in with that fucking hunger, as if he never won no nothing, and this was his fucking moment to shine. Um, nothing is stopping Matt Tremont. His accomplishments have just been tremendous, and nothing seems to be slowing him down. This dude is fucking right now. Like, I, you know, I keep saying, you know, this guy's the future, that guy's the future. Matt Tremont is the fucking present. This guy is the deathmatch superstar of the United States. I mean, he's he's just killing it. I mean, his promos are pretty much unmatched on the fucking indie scene. I mean, he's, he's got some fucking promos that blow people on TV out of the fucking water. I mean, the intensity and passion and, and um, the legitimacy he brings to his matches with his promos um, I mean, that's really, I mean, there's guys on TV that would pay fucking millions to have that type of intensity and, and passion because, you know, they they try their ass off to sell their matches and get some kind of build behind it, and it doesn't have a tenth of what fucking he puts out there. I mean, it's just, he's, he's the fucking man. And, uh, you know, his ability to be violent in the fucking ring is just, uh, he, he does his goddamn thing, man. So, uh, he, he went ahead there. Next up was, uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, they had a non-tournament match. I think that's our semis, or quarterfinals, I should say. Um, they had a non-tournament match of uh, the Viking War Party and Congo Kong beating Isaiah, J.C. Rodden, Shane Mercer, and Tank. This was good. Um yeah, a good little brawl to break up things in between. 
Um, it was fine. You know, I, I get into death match mode and I understand, you know, you got to put a non-tournament match in here to break it up. But when we get into the tournament, you know, you get really into the build and the story and everything else that like, I, I don't have a lot of tolerance for the, uh, the non-tournament matches. They're good fillers and it is what it is, but it is what it is. Like I'm saying, it's just a filler and, um, you know, it, it was fine. Um, Next up was one of the best death matches I've ever seen. This match actually went 50 motherfucking minutes. 50-minute death match. And that was John Wayne Murdoch beating Nick fucking Gage. The, the story to this match was Nick Gage going in, no respect for John Wayne Murdoch. John Wayne Murdoch, the hometown guy. Um, the big problem with this, um, now match-wise, there was zero problem. I'm just saying overall with John Wayne Murdoch on the day. He had your support, but for the most part, Nick Gage was the most over guy in the tournament. Um, it seemed that there were more East Coast fans than there were hometown fans, and I'm going to get into that after I get through the tournament as far as the fans and the crowd and all of that stuff. But it was hard for John Wayne Murdoch to gain any, any type of leverage as far as the crowd went. There was a small portion of the crowd that was chanting for him, and the rest of them were just drawing that part of the crowd with Nick Gage chants and, uh, you know, support for him. Either way you look at it, this was a match that had a uh, – I think it was like a – like a doors match where they had to go through a certain amount of doors and there was, you know, gimmicks on the doors, the light tubes and this and that. And, um, you know, so you had a certain amount of doors you had to go through. I want to say it was three out of four or some shit like this. So it was probably a half hour before there were any doors even used in the match. They, they started out with Gage calling out, Murdoch outside of the ring. Come on, motherfucker, this and that. Goes out there, they fucking brawl for all sorts of time. They finally get back in the ring. Murdoch goes out to the outside and calls fucking Gage out. Gage fucking goes out there. They brawl back and forth. They do the sit-down fucking punch fest in the chairs. You know, the bar fight scene. They brawl all over the fucking place. Absolutely brutal. I mean... Uh, there's nothing I can tell you right now that's going to do this match justice. You absolutely must see this match. you got to go out of your way to get this DVD, guys. I mean, uh, you know, what I'm saying top to bottom, I'm hoping it does it a half a bit of justice, but I'm telling you, this is one of the best King of the Deathmatch tournaments that's ever been had. Definitely the best Deathmatch tournament of this year. Um, Next year, uh, the fucking bar is set high even touch the tournament that happened next this year. And that goes for King of the Death, that goes for Masters of Pain, that goes for Tournament of Death, that goes for everything that's going to be put on next year. Has a very, very hard, high bar, high bar to, uh, to match. The standard is fucking set. Standard is fucking set. This match was the shit, man. And, um, you know, it, it was perfect, too, because these guys had such a back-and-forth brawl, and neither one of these guys would stay down. And, 
you know, uh, Gage was just trying to fucking kill him, and he just wouldn't stay down. He'd never give up, and he kept fighting his way through it, Murdoch. And he finally got that fuck, came down to tied up in the amount of doors, and uh, Gage was going up. He fucking reversed it. Murdoch reversed it and threw Gage to that last fucking table, ending the match. So it wasn't even where one guy had to get his shoulders pinned. It was just fucking over because of, you know, him going through that fucking table or the the door, I should say. So it had a real, real good fucking story to it. Um, The amount of time and brutality in this match was just amazing. Absolutely fucking amazing. These guys just fucking killed it. Uh, Absolutely killed it. So in the rough task of following that fucking match was the the semifinal Matt Tremont versus Masada. If anybody could follow that fucking match, it was Matt Tremont and Masada. And sure enough, they went into this match and just unleashed fucking brutality on each other. Shit was just amazing. Absolutely amazing what they did in this match. At one point or another, they did the chair ride. Ring was full of chairs. It was really cool, too, because as the night fell on this one, they were able to get enough people to pull cars around behind the fans. There were only probably two rows of chairs. And behind those two rows of chairs, they were able to pull the cars up so you had the headlights lighting up the ring. And it really gave off an awesome fucking aura. It was, you know, that, that, uh, you know, that, that street fight kind of aura with the fucking headlights illuminating the fight and the ring. And, oh, man, it was just. It was just fucking awesome. And, you know, the psychology and the work that Masada's able to do in the ring and, and Tremont fucking, ah, oh man, it was, it was just awesome. Absolutely perfectly done. Um, you know, this match continued to escalate the tournament up and up and up. It gave you something completely different from the 50-minute match that you saw previous to this, and it just continues to build this tournament upwards the way that it continued to climb and build over this two days. And, um, you know, that, that was the, the awesome thing about this tournament was that it just built and built and built and built to the climax. That was the main event. And it was a house of horrors. The Toby Klein as the guest referee house of horrors. If you haven't seen it before, which I never got to see this live. And again, visually, this is fucking phenomenal. Uh, you know, you got the, no rope barbed wire, um, light tubes taped to the ropes. I believe there was light tubes yeah, taped to the ropes. Then you also had fucking um, big white poles that went up way higher than the, uh, the turn posts. And from those posts, it would go diagonal across the ring, you know, from post to post. And there'd be ropes on each one of those, kind of like an Ultimate X match, but light tubes hanging from ropes off of those ropes. So, you know, looked like fucking wind chimes in a ring of light tubes. Fucking phenomenal, phenomenal visual. Uh, You'd have to be there to see this shit live. As well as that, you had a scaffold set up over by the rider truck that was uh, 
you know, used to house the commentator team and the um, the the hard cam. And next to that was a pile of chairs and fucking light tubes on top of the chairs and all sorts of shit. I mean, you just looked at them and was like, that's dangerous as fuck. I don't care who does what off of that. That shit is dangerous as fuck. Um, you know, they went through a shitload of the light tubes in the ring. And here's the other thing about this is, to me, I had gone into this tournament thinking John Wayne Murdoch is winning it. No maybes about it. I went into this match. John Wayne Murdoch is winning it. No maybes about it. Um, the swerve of Tremont winning back-to-back tournaments was fucking awesome. I think John Wayne Murdoch is a tremendous talent, and I think he's definitely destined to win one, maybe two King of the Death matches in his uh, career. He is um, he is IWA's guy, and rightfully so. He's another guy who needs to be brought in by CDW. It's fucking ridiculous that they haven't brought him in yet. Um, that needs to be done. Um, there's a bunch of guys that CDW need to bring in. They're dropping the ball big time on some of that mid-south talent. Um, but anyway, uh, they go up to the scaffold during this match, and Tremont gets thrown off. Takes a, you know, fucking flip bump. Fucking shit, man. Through this shit, the crowd is chanting, please get up. Because this fucking guy just took, like, a deadly fucking bump off this scaffold. So, he takes this fucking bump off this scaffold. And uh, he's laying there like he's fucking dead. He gets up. They get him back in the ring. One, two, kick out. This fucking guy will not go down. Goes through still, just fucking ends up winning the tournament. Matt Tremont wins back to man to ever win back to the back king back to back king of the death matches. He is the Grand Slam champion. Uh, you know, he he's won Carnage Cup, I think, a few times. He won Masters of Pain, he won King of the Death twice now in a row, and he won Tournament of Death this year. So, um, just amazing and, and well, well deserved. Tremont, like I said, is death by wrestling. Uh, so that was that. Uh, after the after the match, they're all celebrating in the ring. Uh, Corp comes out and turns on John Wayne Murdoch, and I guess you know setting something up there. Then they're like, "Oh, what the fuck?" You know, everything. Everybody's riled up. That settles down. Uh, Toby turns on fucking uh, on Tremont knocks him the fuck out so then you know the show ends with you know Tremont yelling Toby Toby you know headed to the back so that was the end of the 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 tournament just phenomenal tournament you gotta get it on DVD this shit is so fucking worth it one of the most amazing things I've ever attended this is just fucking great. Now, here's the issue. This shit drew like shit. Um, tremendous amount of money put out between flights and all the talent booked in this. And I'm sure, you know, whatever they rent the venue for and whatever they put into all the gimmicks, whatever, lots of money put out, not a lot of money made, no money made, really. Uh, it was a huge loss, Ian said. They have to take some time off to recoup from this, this, and this. All right, here's the thing. You guys got to get a fucking crowd. 
whether you take this fucking show out east, because the way Ian books shows, there's no reason why this shouldn't pack a fucking house. Number one, you had more East Coast crowd than you had local crowd. Straight up, you really, really did. And that's a problem. Because if you can't draw a big local crowd and then add East Coast fans to it to make it that much bigger, then there's there's no reason for that to be your, your home crowd. You know what I'm saying? If the East Coast is more your home crowd than the local crowd is, then you have to do one of two things. You have to find a way to turn your tournament, bring your tournament out east, pay whatever travel you got to get for your guys to go out east, you know, rent fucking, I don't know if you could do it, but rent DJ's fucking yard, do it out there, and pack that motherfucker more than DJ does. Or, got to run bus trips, guys. I mean, you, you got to hype the fuck out of this, you, you know, months in advance. You got to fucking set up bus trips. You got to load, load fucking four or five buses from the East Coast, from fucking, you know, further west, from everywhere all over the fucking country. Run these motherfucking packed buses in there and load your fucking venue with fans. You got to do it, guys. You're putting so much talent out there. You're putting up a product that can't be fucking stopped. You're putting out such a fucking historical show. And fans in there, guys, I mean, I know you're probably on the same fucking page with me that you would have loved to fucking pack that joint, but there's got to be more effort. There's got to be more no-fail effort. And that home crowd just isn't there. Just not. A prime example is Nick fucking Gage was more over than any of your hometown guys. And, you know, that's great for Gage. I'm not saying that's, you know, bad for Gage to be over. But it it was an East Coast crowd. And, uh, like I said, I mean, if that's what you're going to feed off of, that's fine. Get more of them there. I mean, you know, we drove 14 fucking hours. And that shit was painful, man. I don't like that ride. I don't like it at all. I'm willing to do it again because of the product that you're putting out there. But you gotta you gotta find a way to make it easier. Whether it be bus trips, whether it be kind of meeting in the middle, or somehow this tournament lands closer to the east coast or on the east coast. You gotta find out a way. And I've said it for a long time. I've been talking to, you know, Jeremy and everybody else, but Ian's booking ability would crush fucking skulls on the East Coast. If he found a way to run the shows that he runs, the product he does on the East fucking Coast, he'd sell buildings out, he'd murder feds out here. He would absolutely kill it out here. The travel is, you know, I mean, might be a better sacrifice on your end to make the travel with yourself and your guys then expect the people out here to make the travel to come out there because I'm telling you, you could fucking pack houses, you could sell fucking shows out. If DJ could do it with his shit booking, I mean, he's, you know, a lot of times he's got a good locker room and this and that, and sometimes, you know, the shows come through well. But Ian has tremendous booking, far, far better than DJ's mind for booking by leaps and bounds. And, uh, I mean... You know, put on an East Coast venue, 
I mean, I know, you know, every once in a while you're able to run a doubleheader and get over here on the East, this and that. You're able to do it in any type of regular capacity, even if it was like a four shows a year type thing. I think you're going to get that fucking 12 to 1500 in a in a building if you hyped it right, you booked it the way that I know Ian could book it, and just fucking packed this shit. Either that or, like I said, you stay where you are, but you got to run bus fucking trips. You You got to be like, Mr. Motherfucking Greyhound, or or whatever the you know bus company, and and that has to be, you know, you need to move these fucking fans like freight. It's what it's what you got to do. That that's that's it. Because it's not going to be just relying on a little bit of word of mouth and getting these guys on in there on hope. You, you can't do it. You got to guarantee yourself a fucking crowd, the crowd that you fucking deserve for putting on the product that you're putting on. Well, guys, I mean, it's just, I want to see this company succeed. I really do. Ian fucking deserves it. People might shit on him. People might not like him. I'm an Ian Rotten guy. You know, guys never fucked me that much, I know. And, you know, the way he fucking books, the crowd goes home fucking happy. And, you know, the biggest problem, I think, with guys getting paid and half of what Ian's reputation is, is he books the fucking shows so fucking big and and over the top. You know, if you get fucking 150 fans in there, how do you pay a fucking locker room? I mean, the the fucking cost just just doesn't add up. So, I mean, you can't get what you don't have. But in the same token... Got to find a way to get it. I mean, you can go back to the well. You could save up. You could do whatever you want to do. You could try to recover from this. But if you go back to doing the same exact thing you're doing, you're not going to ever wind up on top. There's got to be a solution for this. You're putting out a fantastic product. You just got to find a way to get this, uh, get that fan base, get that fucking fan base big. So, just just a suggestion, just my thought on the situation. Um, I said, um, oh, and then also, uh, the other, uh, eatery that we went to out there that I thought was good was, uh, Steak and Shake. I've never been to that either. And, um, you know, not bad. Uh, I mean, we went in there and probably for like 10 minutes, uh, they, they treated us like we didn't exist. You pretty much seated yourself and then, uh, they're supposed to come over to you, I think, but, uh, yeah, they just fucking no soldier existence and Hogan was about to fucking kill somebody. I mean that dude was that dude was hot man. He was on the inside of that booth and he just he started getting fucking just like nervous anger going and uh if Jeremy didn't get out of the way I, I don't know if we would have still had Jeremy because uh Hogan was about to throw down. So he went over there and got the waitress and got shit popping out there but uh yeah sticking sick wasn't bad. Um but yeah, you know, fucking twenty four hour burger joiner. If it wasn't twenty four hours, it was damn sure it's been late. So, um but yeah, man, great fucking trip. Great set of dudes. Um what we got coming up, we got fourth of July coming up. So this weekend barbecue and all that. You know, I'm back in the gym. Uh got back in the gym on Tuesday. Still, man, my body is still fucking shot. And when I'm getting in the gym I'm putting in solid fucking workouts, but Man, I fucking, I'm just so tired every day. Like, I'm 
still really, really recovering my sleep schedule and everything and just trying to get back to, you know, a sense of alertness because, man, that trip fucking beat the shit out of me, man. I'm told for this shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm going to work on, you know, possibly getting a guest next week. Uh, we'll see what goes on. Um, if not, either way, uh, I'll be previewing the CZW uh, New Heights, I believe it's called, uh, show, and I'm still not really fully sure whether I'm attending or not. Um, I, I may watch this shit on my pay-per-view. I have a race earlier that day. I think I can accomplish both, but I, I'm really not sure if I even need to attend another show right this second. I could think I'm good. I just, I, I would almost rather just chill at home and fucking watch this shit on iPay-Per-View. I got the best seat in the fucking house. In CZW, I can't get fucking front row anymore. And it's really disgruntled me to the point where I'm not going to go out of my way to fucking go watch their shows. Like, you know, for someone who attended every goddamn month for 11 years, so fucking no-sold on front row or even trying to make me somewhat of a priority to squeeze me back in there for just like, two fucking seats in the front row. It could be months in advance. It could be, it could be whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. They treat me like shit, really. Yeah, you know, I don't mean like, you know, they, they really fuck with me or, you know, treat me. Yeah, I mean, treat me like shit is uh, probably a little bit overstated, but they just, they treat me like any other fucking person, not someone who attended the shit for 11 motherfucking years. Like, come on, man. I had Fat Frank on my show. Fucking guy comped me because I was promoting his show. And that's not something he ever had to do. That's not something I ever asked for. I never expect anyone to give me anything. I don't deserve for someone to give me anything. And I never ask for anyone to give me anything. So I, I highly appreciate that type of thing. But even, like, the consideration to just go, like, you're a fucking old-school CZW fan. I was going to fucking CZW before DJ was going to fucking CZW. So, but it's just a fucking shame that no matter what, like, I, I can't get in fucking front row. The arena was some other shit where, like, the ticket sales are going through the arena and not CZW. But they, you know, they forward who they want to be in the front row. Like, they're front row people, and then they make it happen from there. Tournament of Death was months out. I couldn't get front row. Best of the best, I lucked out and got front row because someone backed out last minute. But, you know, it, it, it's real disheartening to support a company for that long and just be looked at like just just any old fucking dude. You know, I'm a dude that fucking Drake Younger shouted out on his goddamn shoot interview. I'm a guy that Ruckus fucking mentioned in his Hall of Fame speech. I'm not just some fucking dude, guys. You know what I mean? I don't consider myself some, you know, super special guy. I don't want to be treated in a special way, so to speak. But he used, at least use me as some form of priority. Whether it takes you fucking six months to a year to get me back in that fucking front row, it's something you should have done by now. It's fucking ridiculous. But this is this is why I just I don't have the respect for um, going out of my way to attend your shows. If I do, I do. If I don't, I don't. You know, uh, I'm definitely back to where I'm attending more shows than I used to. Then you know, when I took that break, 
And, you know, in all truth, behind the matter, I had said this shit before, the reason I missed the fucking year of CZW, because of Brett Lauderdale. He, he made shit, so if I showed up, man, I was going to have to fucking do something to this dude, because he started such a tremendous amount of shit to me. This is the same fucking guy that you guys ended up banning from your fucking building. So, again, it should be taken into consideration a little bit and maybe treated with a little bit of level of respect because it's, it, it's another fucking dude that costs you money for a year that you, you won't let in the fucking building, that you're still to this day dealing with drama from. You know what I mean? And, and took one of your long-term fans away. You get a glimpse of getting that guy back, you might want to treat that guy with a little bit of fucking respect. But, hey, man, I don't run a company, so do what you got to do. Um, you know, it's EZW, like nothing else, and all this other nonsense. But I don't know. I'm most likely going to watch it on iPay-Per-View or maybe even just, uh, you know, wait and, uh, you know, borrow the DVD from somebody else, you know, because I – the more times that someone can lend me this shit and I don't even have to pay for it, the better. I'm 37 years old. I got three kids. So I'm not about fucking spending excess amounts of money on, on wrestling if I don't have to. So I try to get somebody else that's going to buy it and maybe just watch their shit or, you know, go halves on it with somebody and, you know, just the easiest way possible. But either way, anyway, uh, next week we'll be previewing that. I always say we, but there is no we, is there? No, there's not. Um, so, yeah, um, next week I'll preview that. And, uh, you know, maybe a little 4th of July stuff to talk about, a little bit of fun. And, uh, obviously, I'll have my race, too. So, uh, you know, some fun stuff coming up, and uh, we'll see if I can get a guest next week. All right? Talk to you guys later. Peace. Today. I don't fuck with you. Yeah. Woo! I'm just cold cut today. I don't today. fuck with you. You little stupid ass bitch, I ain't fucking with you. Woo! I'm just cold cut today. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.